Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Back indoors, we'll have to tidy up after Jeanette. Um, we're doing it round here. Um, the best is yet to come. That's um, the title we're using today because although we're looking back to what we've established and, and what we have been doing, we're also looking forward and um, next week we'll be talking about that. But um, it's been an incredibly challenging year for us all. It's been different. Uh, we've had to navigate lots of different things. We've had to commiserate with numerous losses. And when I talk about losses, I'm not just talking about deaths. I'm talking about losses that we've had to deal with as people. The loss of being able to meet together, the loss of being able to share, the loss of being able to be with people. So we've, we've gone through an incredible amount of change and uh, we navigated as we're coming into a new season. But we celebrate the successes because God has been at work and is at work and continues to be at work. He's never stood still. It always amazes me that summer holidays, when people go away, they think God goes away as well. He never does. He continues to work. And uh, we continue to celebrate with the successes. We thank God for his faithfulness. We've sung it this morning. He's a faithful God, always faithful to everything he says. And we rejoice in his presence, the whole series that we've done, Presence Carriers, about God's presence, about God's presence in you, about being able to carry and move in the presence of God. How do we keep that? So it's been a great season for us. But we remember each precious moment that made up the past year. Our memories are made up of moments, not of time. We never just go through time. It's always with memories that we take through of those moments. And we're thankful that God has been with us through the good and through the bad, and uh, continues to do so. So when we were just kind of, Christian kind of mentioned this, uh, I was thinking of remembering, and I remember the account in Exodus of Israel from Egypt to the Promised Land, and uh, it was an incredible journey for them. Uh, 400 years in slavery, they've been in, in Egypt and been hard-pressed, and Moses, uh, the deliverer, comes and... Uh, through the demonstration of God's power, and you can read it in Exodus right the way through, you know, of, of God beginning to challenge Pharaoh and continually for the power of his miracles, brought them to a place where Pharaoh let the Israelites go. Actually, he was so pleased to get rid of them. Says that when they went, they gave them gifts to get rid of them. Um, and uh, so they were pushed out of the land and um, they moved through. And uh, it wasn't long before they were in disobedience to God. So an 11-day journey took 40 years. And um, God never lets you get away with things. He will always take you back to face the things that you don't want to face because actually we need to do those things to move on. And so a new generation crossed the Jordan, which now in full flood was about a mile across with brambles at both sides. So, um, and the Bible says that the people went across on dry land not a muddy land, on dry land. So God had stacked the water up from both ends. And, you know, I can't see how that works, you know, that suddenly something stopped and all the way back up, the ramifications of that. Um, but they went across on, on dry land and um, they were already given instruction by Joshua to remember by building a memorial. And this is what it says in Joshua 4, 4 to 8, the Passion so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 
12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to a place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. So, 12 stones taken, large stones. had to carry them on their shoulders. And uh, they were taken to a place called Gilgal. Now, I love Joshua. It's my favourite book. I love these you know, parts, so I get quite excited when we talk about names like Gilgal. Um, but they set the stones up there. Um, the word memorial means to mark as to be recognised. It wasn't meant to be hidden. It's marking. And the Holy Spirit marked you. It said, tells us in the New Testament, you were marked by the Holy Spirit to be recognised. You weren't just going to go around. You, you are to be recognised. Presence carriers of God. And so on these stones, they'd often whitewash them and write on scriptures or the commandments, or in those cases, there would be the Ten Commandments, but they were visible and they were coloured. So they were there and they were put together so that people would see them and ask the question, you know, in the future generations, what are these stones for? That's what people ask about your life. What's going on in your life? That's what people ask because you are a demonstration to people. And um, so these stones told a story and marked a path. Now, any walkers here? People love walking? Great. Um, we did a lot of walking for the charity, I told you. And um, when we did the, the coast to coast, the Wainwright across the heart of England, really, uh, Wainwright only apologised one day where there's no climbing. Um, and if you read the books in Robin Hood's Bay of the comments about Wainwright, they're not Christian. They're, they're not nice. Um, but it's a great walk. And I learned something about what a Khan is. Anybody Khans? Yeah? It's a place where when you feel like you're lost, and even though you've got your ordnance survey map and, and you try to get your sat nav, but it doesn't work up there, you find these rock stones put together and they tell you you're on the right path. And they often, some of these Khans, tell you a story if you want to find out. They're there and some of them are even coloured. Um, but you take a rock and a stone and you place it on the car for people coming behind you so that they will know they're on the right journey. And in the midst of a horrible day where the fog's out and you don't know where you're going, you see this pile of stones and you suddenly think, wow. When the people crossed over, they, let, they set a memorial for other people coming to remember this is what God did. This is what God did. This is the journey that we went on. This is the journey you're now embarked upon. So they weren't just a pile of stones. They never are. They were meant to tell a story for each individual. Each person would add to this. you know. And it's, it's a continual journey point for people. And so this is what Joshua 4.24 says. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Now, when, when the Jordan's not in flood, it's a, a, an easy place to cross. But God made a demonstration, as he did on the Red Sea, as he did on the Jordan, that he's God. And so, 
what, what we are trying to do is, is, is remember the power of God. And what he wants you to remember is the power of God that's working in your life. This is what God is doing. It's to remember this is God who can do an abundant more than we ever believe. He's amazing in all that he does. And so the number of things we learned from these, very simply, number one, the people were obedient. Now, what an easy word to say, obedience, and what a difficult word it is to follow when God asks us to do something, because we've got a myriad of excuses why we shouldn't do, why it's not a good time, why it's not the best time, why we can do it tomorrow, why not do it the next day. We're just, the people crossed in obedience. They were told to do something and they did it. They crossed in the presence of God. The Bible tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus all the time. He's the author and finisher, perfecter of our faith. You know, these were simple things they were doing. When the priest went in the river, with the presence of God, the water stopped. It was the presence of God. And, and so we're learning all the time that when, the, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, things happen for us. When we take our eyes off Jesus, things don't go so well for us. It's an easy thing for us to do. And they were reminded of the power and the awe of God. The awe of God is not a fearful thing. It's just, he's incredible. It is just, wow. You know, when you see sunsets or things that really move you and you think, wow, you know, this is just awesome. You just think, Jeanette can do this every morning when she sees me. Wow. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? <laughs> oh, or she says, wow. <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> but the memorial stones remind us that the people to come and the people that are coming, that God fulfills all his promises. He's awesome. So Gilgal was an important place to the Israelites. Gilgal was a place that they set out for their campaign. Gilgal was a place where God removed the reproach of Egypt, the sins. So number one, Gilgal was a place of remembering. Number two, Gilgal was a place of sacrifice. Once the people had set up camp, they celebrated the Passover, and then have not celebrated the Passover from the time they'd left Egypt and so this was a time that they did that now they already knew the people were fearful that they knew from the story of Rahab that the people were were frightened stiff of them so in in a sense it would be easy for them to go straight in across the plains of Jericho and push straight into the heart of the thing which I think we're all tempted to do um, except for one thing we forget to honor and respect God First, they honoured God by, by, by Passover, which was slaying, sacrificing the lamb and remembering what had happened in Egypt for them. In Egypt, when the Passover came, they were liberated from slavery. This was the thing of Egypt. Um, they were to put blood over the door lentils and down the door posts. So when the angel of destruction came on that fearful day, that he would pass them by. The reason you're forgiven is because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of your good works or your good deeds or how good you think you are. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. And so they honoured first God. And so do we. In all that we do, we honour God. We remember the sacrifice of Jesus. He's made everything that we do possible. You know, we can do what we want in our own strength and we soon run out of our own strength. 
we get soon disillusioned, disappointed and downcast and often depressed because we can't make things happen. Much as we want to, we can't just keep doing those things. So we give, we give thanks to him. And uh, we do it all the time in, in the way that we do it. Uh, we break bread at mealtimes. You know, communion service. It's not just where we do it here. You should do this indoors all the time. Even when you're on your, uh, on your own. Because it says, do this in remembrance as often as you can to remember the price Jesus paid. And when we break bread, what we're doing is we're having, they did it as a meal. And that's what we're doing. We're remembering him. Now, we're remembering him as the centre and the heart of everything. We're remembering that his sacrifice, his body given. We're remembering the bloodshed for us. We're remembering to be thankful for everything that we've got, everything we've been given, everything that we don't have that we wish we did. We remember him in all those things. So it's a place of sacrifice for us. Passover celebrates the freedom of the Jewish people. That's what it was meant to do, a place from, from slavery. But Easter celebrates the, the resurrection of Jesus and the freedom of sin and death. We have brought Easter, which is our remembrance of Passover, and, and that's what we do. We celebrate, and we've just put, celebrated Easter just recently. We went through Good Friday, Easter Saturday, and uh, Easter Sunday with a resurrection. And uh, when, when you look back, um, this sacrifice was for a, a nation. It was a sacrifice given once a year, you know, that went in that they would sacrifice to God for the forgiveness of sins. But the first sacrifice was, of course, in the garden with, with for a couple, Adam and Eve. It's the first time we see a sacrifice happen. On Exodus, we saw the sacrifice for families. Now at Jericho, we see the sacrifice for a nation. But Jesus sacrificed for the world, for every individual, that we would no longer have to go and put a sacrifice up. We wouldn't all come today with a lamb or a pigeon or, or some other sacrifice that we brought because you know, we don't have to do that anymore. This is what the scripture says in Hebrews 10, 10 to 12. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Yet every day, priests still serve, richly offering the same sacrifice again and again. Sacrifices can never take away sin's guilt. But when this priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sin for all times, he sat down on the throne at the right hand of God. And if you remember, when we looked at Easter Sunday, he said, it's finished. It's done. So many people continually, every day, offering sacrifices to God because they think that that's what they need to do to make themselves right with God. The fact is Jesus has done it once for all. We live in the freedom Jesus has got for us. The Bible says in your freedom, don't give away your freedom. You have been set free. And so let's live in that because that's what has been won for us at Calvary. This is what the sacrifice was all about for them. And so remember the incredible sacrifices that Jesus paid for each one of us. But sacrificial giving is something that we're remembering today as well. Remember that by the sacrifices of many, giving time, talents, creativity, dreams, finances, that we were able to accomplish all we did last year and we were able to accomplish what we will do this year. 
So we want to thank our board, of which Andy, Louise is with us, a part of. We want to thank the pastors, which is me, thank you. Um, our staff, ministry leaders, community workers, volunteers. We want to thank you for continually supporting with your time, your energy, your help, your encouragement. Let me say to you, encouragement is one of those incredible things that mean so much. Encouragement is words that lift people. We don't need to. We've talked about this a lot. Let's keep picking people up. Let's build them up. Let's help them. Let's speak good into them. Let's encourage them to what God's got for them. And, um, and for those who serve in our world, who support the church regularly, sacrificially, financially, in regular tithes, and the vision offering 2020, you know, that has helped us to put Belper together. It was by the giving of many that helped us establish a work here of which we are so pleased and proud that we are still working through. People sacrificially giving. There's a sacrifice we are still involved in. And the sacrifice is your time, your talents, and your money. They're the three things that matter to people. Time, talent, and money. And so we thank you so much for all those things that you keep on doing. So Gilgal was a place of sacrifice. Gilgal was also a place of promise. And uh, I want us to just remember that the, the three points of this, you know, is a place of remembrance. It's a place of sacrifice, but it's a place of promise. In remembering and settling a memorial, we, in our hearts, we're, we're thankful for the things that we've done, the things that have gone before, the things that we've left behind. But we don't dwell there. And we're not meant to dwell there. The promise to the Israelites was... Go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Go. That's what Matthew says. Go into all the world. Go. Now we're finding it a bit strange at the time that we can't go as much as we'd like to. And we have to be clever in the way that we go. But things are changing. Opportunities are coming. And we are in a place and season where the promises of God is to go into the land. Belper is already our land. Let me clear, we're not come to take what we think God has already given it to us. Belper's one of those. All of the campus plants, Mansfield, Ilkeston, Nottingham, Toulouse, have already been given to us. They were won back by Jesus. They were given away by Adam. They were won back by Jesus. Belper belongs to God. Nobody else. And so we're not having to come and do that. What we're having to do is come and take the land which has been given to us and so in our hearts we need to carry as we walk and as the commandment Joshua every place that you place the sole of your foot I've given you is we walk with confidence when we prayer walk when we walk to the shops we're confidently taking a, a step in and declaring this is God's domain his domain is everything and so we are confident when we're doing those things that we are walking all over Bel Belpa with the promises of God that this is our land we're not going apologising and saying, please give us. He's given it to us. Now he's saying, you go. That's why presence carriers are so important. Because you carry the presence of God wherever you go. Wherever you go. In the shops, in your workplace. Around the people around you. You're carrying something incredible. And so the presence of God is something that we are so thankful for. But let's be clear, we're fulfilling the promises. 
Oh dear, okay. Jeanette's just told me I've only got a few minutes. Okay. So what was achieved will be far outweighed by what will be achieved. For the best lies in front of us, not behind us. Please, the best is yet to come in your life. We need to take possession of what God has given us. I've not counted the promises of God, but uh, a guy called Storm spent a year and a half studying the promises of God to humankind, mankind. He came up and said there are 7,487 promises. Now, that might interest you or it might not, but God has got a lot of promises for your life. That's what I want you to understand. I mean, some people say up to 7,000 promises of God for your life and for my life. God is a great God. He's not stingy. He wants to keep everything. He keeps saying, I want the best for you. I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have the fullness of life. I want you to enjoy every moment. But it's going to be in his presence. So, this was a promise we came to at Belper. It's been with us ever since we came here. Forget the former things. Forget them. Now, we're remembering rightly, but we're not staying. Forget those things. This is what I did, but this is what I'm going to do. Do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. God is doing something incredible. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God is pouring out his spirit onto Arab land that's, that's waiting for the streams to bring it to life. There are people, prodigals all over Belper, waiting for the spirit of God to touch them, to come alive. This barren ground is going to become fertile. It's going to become incredible when the sons of God get hold of this and begin to move out and take this message. The Spirit of God is moving powerfully. And that's what we came here to do because we felt that it was, that's what the promise of God was. So your future shapes your today, not your past. Please, I'm speaking to people today. You need to hear this. Your future shapes your today, not your past. The past tries to hold you and will always hold you where it wants you. The future's calling you and today needs to be lived. If you get this right, you will be living for the future because that's what God's calling you into. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't be held by the past. That's not where you're meant to live. You're meant to move out of this into what God has got for you. Can't move my papers now. Getting excited, that's why. Of course, we all carry promises, things that God has said to us as individuals. Some promises have been forgotten. Some are lost because life has stepped in and robbed us of them. Some because they no longer believe them. Did God say? Some because they cannot see them. And some because they don't think they're worthy of them anymore. They've blown it. They've finished it. God wouldn't use them. And so the Bible says, this, I love this piece of scripture. It's in the living translation. It says, God is not a man. Thank God for that. He's not a man. So he doesn't lie. We do. He doesn't. He's not human. So he does not change his mind. Do you change your mind? I know I do. He has, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised, and his promises on the screen I know, are not carried through? This is our confidence. 
God doesn't lie. He doesn't change his mind. And when he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. The promises of God are yes and amen from the people because he doesn't change his mind. If he says he's going to do it, regardless of what's going on, how difficult it becomes, he is going to do it. So God has not forgotten what he's promised you, even if you has. And he's not forgotten what you promised to do for him either. Because in our good moments, we promise God things. I will give you what I will serve. And he remembers those things just as much as what he's promised you. He remembers what you promised him. The only thing that prevents us from accomplishing what God wants to do through us is us. You and me. We're the greatest challenge we ever got. You and me. And that's the thing we have to begin to work with. This morning, some of us need to say sorry to God. We need to say sorry because we didn't trust him or believe him in what he said he could do and would do through us. That we're sorry that we've let it slip with all the attractions of life and all the things that we can do and all the things that are there and with all its fears, all the things that prevent us. The world's full of air and air's full of COVID and we're frightened to go out and breathe it in because, you know, what could happen to us? The world's full of people. People carry and so they're a threat to us. And so we, we've come in a, in a particular place where we forget the promises of God, that he's God. He sits on his throne, he's above all, and he works through all. He's never changed and he won't do. That we don't feel good enough, and this really I want to say to people, is some people here this morning don't feel good enough for God. It's such a lie. Because God has accepted you and is working through you and he continues to do that. And so please don't let these things stop you moving forward if you can't see the dream because it's too big it's a god dream because it's always bigger than you and you might not be the complete answer to the dream but the dream lives and starts through you so don't start and think i can't do it start because it's going to happen because god's going to do something and the the bigger the dream the the greater that god's going to work through it so don't get caught off on this If you try and do it on your own, it will never work. So let's stay in the Holy Spirit. Today, I want us to ask, if you're in this place, and I know we are, many of us, ask God to forgive you this morning. Because he has given you things that you promised to give to him that you're not giving to him. Now you need to know what that is, and you know in your heart that you promised God things and you're not giving them to him. He's given you talents that you're not using for him. You've hidden the talents Because it's not the right day, it's not the right time. Let me tell you, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that we step out. At this moment, we make a decision to do those things. Because the best is yet to come. The past can't hold you. The grave couldn't hold Jesus. It couldn't hold him down. Death couldn't have him. And so we're moving forward. Now, it's getting a bit panicky down here, so I need to stop now. So let's pray, play, pray, play, pray, pray. Um, and if it's you this morning where you need to say, sorry God, I've promised you so much and I've not kept my promise to you. And I know the promise you made to me. This morning, I want to make that true. God, this morning, as you're speaking to people's hearts, reignite that dream within them. Reignite that promise within them that they gave to you when they first found you when you came into their lives and changed them forever they made you promises that they would give and do things for you 
Remember, Lord, this morning of the things we said. Remember the promise you've given to us. Reignite that passion within us again that all things are possible through Christ Jesus. And so this morning, Lord, as we come, just as ordinary human beings, please use us again. Please, please, Lord, this morning, include us in all that you're doing in our world. Include us in Belper. Include us, Lord, that we might not miss out. Don't leave us out, Lord. Please forgive us this morning for all the things that we may or may not have done or may or may not promise to you. But God, we believe you're a God of forgiveness. You're the God of the second chance. You're the God that makes a way. And so we come to you this morning, Lord, and we say, we celebrate all that's gone on, but we look forward to what is coming. And in my life and in your life this morning, I pray the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name. Amen.